0: everybody, welcome to Dead Talk Live. And and somebody is listening to the audio. There we go. Everybody, welcome to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and today we are joined by our two producers in, as you can tell, very cramped space. Uh, We're going to be talking about Halloween kills. So, spoiler alert, okay? I've never done this before. But I'm giving a spoiler alert. The movie just came out yesterday. We are going to be breaking it down. If you have not yet watched the movie and have plans to watch the movie, I would suggest uh, you turn off this broadcast and come back and watch it after you have seen Halloween Kills. We're going to be breaking it down. We're not going to be holding anything back. Spoilers are going to be abundant. Uh, But before we get to the movie, first I want to welcome Marco. Hi, everybody. And Efren. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, they came down to me here in the D.C. area so we can watch the movie together yesterday, and we did. And, uh, you know, good times. Uh, today, while I spent all day working, these two were out roaming the town. But I'm not bitter. nah. No. No. You know, captioning 25 episodes is just such an exciting fun time I had a blast anyway we're back here now and uh, before we get to the movie uh, let's talk about because this is the first time I actually went to a theater in three years the last time I went to a theater was to see Halloween 2018 three years ago and we pull up and lo and behold the parking lot is empty pretty much empty if you remove all the employee cars that are there it was a ghost town, what did you think?
1: yeah, the same thing it was it was uh it was surreal for a Friday night a uh, big movie opening Friday evening middle of October movie theater season time and it was just uh it was sad it was really really sad it was it was heartbreaking because I remember we had made plans in the past with all of our friends and family to go to the movies and enjoy it and uh, the part of the exciting—you get there early, you hang out in the theater a little bit, you talk about the film, you get your popcorn, you sit down to the trailers. It felt good once we got to that, but there was just part of it that is forever going to be gone, and it was—it was a—it uh, was uh, a uh, pretty nostalgic. It was sad.
0: Now, Efren, when we got into the theater itself, we were the first ones there, and but there were a few people that did straggle in just
2: before the movie started. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what What I found insane is if you remember when we came in, no one even checked our tickets. Yeah,
0: that's if true. Wanna... I There was this woman uh, sitting on a chair and <laughs> I went and showed her our tickets and she's like, I don't work here. I'm like, oh, so we just to... walk in and they're like, yeah. So we went to the concession stand to get some drinks and popcorn and stuff. And apparently that's where they check tickets. So I'm not encouraging this, but anybody could have just walked in, gone straight to the auditorium, and watched the movie. (laughs) I mean, movie theaters are operating on a skeleton crew, at least here for us in Northern Virginia. Uh, But I'm assuming it's not that different across the country. Uh, We were in New York last week, last weekend for Comic-Con, and uh, we walked past the theater, AMC Theater, that was fully operational, but it was empty. Nobody was coming in or out. So I guess it's you know the same thing all the way around. Now, to the movie, all right? Uh, let me start off by saying this. If you're a, a fan of Michael Myers, which we all are, and you enjoy michael myers going out and bashing and smashing and killing and just going crazy halloween kills is is great it definitely fulfills that part of the franchise without any question uh michael myers is on a rage he's angry uh he's just the kills are phenomenal and I'm just going to go around and let's just talk about that aspect of Michael Myers just the character, the psychopath, the killer himself and get your guys's perspective on that.
1: Yeah, I agree. He uh he's just been he's been locked up for 40 years and what I always say that Michael was always a creature of habit. He doesn't know anything outside of Haddonfield, outside of where he is. So it's like con- grabbing a feral animal and keeping it contained in a cage for a long time and then letting it out. It's going to go back to its natural habitat, and that's exactly what Michael did. He goes right back home. He Well, he's been home since the first movie because it, it picks up literally seconds after the first film ends.
0: You mean 2018?
1: Right, exactly. Let's reiterate that. The the 2018 version. It picks up right from where uh, that movie ends, and it just is a thrill ride from that point on. He's He's angry. He's bitter. He's just out for kills. And if you're a horror fan, a gore fan, you're going to love that aspect of it. Right from the moment when you see him, it just kind of starts. It's it's uh...
2: definitely over the top.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what then... were your thoughts on the kill scenes, Afrin?
2: Uh On the kill scenes themselves? Michael, the kill scenes, his rage. Over the top. I mean, and my thing is continuity more than anything. And what what I couldn't explain to myself was, it. in a way, many of the scenes take place right after, basically, the 2018 movie. Yeah. And so, how did you go from... The, I mean, he wasn't as quiet or as collective, say, as the original shape in 2018. Yes, he was more brutal. Yes, he was, uh, you know, a lot more violent. But <laughs> this time around, it's, it's almost like just either on the same night or a few nights later, he just went, bong, you know, mongers. He just... <laughs> so yeah, and let's,
0: about- just, let's just start with the, the way the film begins. Uh, the first half, I mean, not the first half, but the first good seven to ten minutes of the film is a flashback to uh, the original Halloween and Halloween night. Now, here's where it gets weird, You know, in 1978, when the original came out, the movie ended when Loomis shoots Michael till he goes over the balcony and falls to the ground. Loomis goes and looks over the balcony and Michael's gone and the film ends. Um, This movie picks up in a flashback 40 years prior. And Michael Myers, they don't show the whole him getting shot over the balcony. It's just him walking around Haddonfield as if nothing happened. He's not bleeding, no bullet holes. The police, all they seem to know is that Michael Myers is loose and three teenagers are dead and there's a manhunt going on. The cops are looking for Michael Myers. No, that's where I'm like, and all three of us, had the same question. They totally did not address the fact that Loomis shot him. That after Loomis shot him, throughout the entire original Halloween, uh, he was after Lori. He just got fascinated with her.
2: We still don't know why. Uh, it, it's not it, his it, sister. You remember uh, when when the, uh, the two police officers are walking in the street, they do mention that Loomis shot him. And he says Loomis emptied the entire
1: right. uh, gun on him. You're right. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Now I remember it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, he's just, what it just seems odd to me that he falls off the balcony and just, all right, forget Lori. I'm just going on to something else. and
2: Nobody seems to, nobody seems to be freaked out by the fact that this man just took probably six or seven bullets and yeah. just got up. Fell off a balcony. Exactly. He just got home. And where does he go? He goes home.
0: <laughs> he goes home. He goes back to the Myers house. So he goes back to the Myers house, and two cops uh, basically go there. They search the house. Now, what I liked, okay, is how they re in cinematography wise. How they recreated the that dog? Yeah, even the broken window,
1: right? Which we know now it's a dog because remember in the first film we never saw what it was. Yeah, so now we know it was a dog. We always thought it was an animal, but not what it was. And
0: in the in the seventy eight version, Loomis said Michael got hungry. Right, right. And the broken window. Did you right. notice the broken right. window yep.
1: with the the skylight hitting yeah. it? Yeah, and
0: that was because excellent. no, it was a I think it was a tree branch or something that hit it. Yeah. So the cops go into Judith Myers' room, which is the sister that Michael killed as a six-year-old boy. And they did a great job in recreating how, you know, when Loomis was there in 78, when he was there with Brackett and the window broke, uh, these two cops are there. And lo and behold, Michael jumps out and attacks one of the cops. Uh, He attacks him. He has him pretty much one cop is being held in a stranglehold with Michael behind him. Another cop is in front of him who has to drop on him with a gun, but Michael is using the other cop as a body shield. So, that cop is, uh, what's the character? Frank Hawkins. Frank Hawkins. Right. Okay, he's he was in Halloween 2018. Right. He did not die. Even though we saw that lunatic doctor of Michael's uh, attempt to kill him when uh, he he ran Michael over with his car in Halloween 2018. He's not dead. He is actually discovered by um, Andy's uh,
1: Cameron. Cameron Elam. Yeah. Cameron Elam, yeah.
0: And she's discovered by her boyfriend and he saves him, calls the cops and he's not dead. He is not dead in uh, in this movie. He's very much alive. But that flashback to 1978, he was the other cop that had to drop on Michael while his partner was being strangled from behind. Now, Efren, what do you think about how the events played out after that? Share what happened after that.
2: Well, just the, the way the... Uh, I mean, I, I, that part of the movie actually didn't mind so much. Um I really like the way they played off the original events. Uh, I like, I love the way they CGI Donald Pleasance into oh, that one scene. Oh
0: my God. That was amazing. They, We have to spend a second talking about that. They CGI Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasance. And the CGI work was just absolutely phenomenal.
2: It caught you off guard. You were know, like, when Donald Pleasance shows up in that scene, even I, the hairs on my yeah. arms. It's like, What's he
0: doing there? Yeah, it it totally took us all off guard. We were not expecting that. So here's this cop. He has a drop on Michael, who's using his partner as a body shield. The guy that's in the chokehold with Michael behind him, he's literally about to die of strangulation. He has maybe two or three seconds left. So what do you do with the guy?
2: Go on. Mercy killing when you think about it. It was a mercy killing because lives with, with so much guilt on him when in actuality it was a mercy killing.
0: Yeah. Uh, that other cop, you know, had to shoot. Or his partner was dead anyways. Michael, yeah. he had like three seconds of life left. He
2: shoots, but he gets his partner in the neck. Even, But but you also wonder what it was he saw. He was looking out that window and he saw something. That's the whole theme of
0: this movie. right? Okay, why don't you expand on that?
1: Well, like I always said before, the Going back to other film franchises, we find a way of how the the mass murderer has a backstory. So I think what the the filmmakers in this new particular reboot is doing is that they're trying to give Michael a reason for his insanity. And like I think I said before, and I do believe, is that the house is the root of where Michael gets his evil from. And that's why he's obsessed with that house, and he's obsessed with that room. I I believe, and again, I might be wrong, it's my opinion that something is... In Michael's mind whispering in his ear that that's driving him to do what he's doing and I think what will happen is eventually we'll see that when the franchise ends in the next movie a a year from now Um, and then as we go further on we'll tell you more as how the film goes to its end and so forth but I do believe that Michael is drawn to that house that entity and we know from other film franchises how the homes of have like in the Amityville and The Conjuring and, and even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that home is part of the cast. It's it's another character that we still have to wait and see who they are.
0: Now the home in this uh, version is been redone. Uh, it's it's occupied. It's not abandoned. It's not a rundown you know crack house. <laughs> uh, it's occupied by two men, uh, and they really what they attempted to do in this movie was, like Marco just said, give us, uh, at least to start to give us a reason as to why Michael is doing what he's doing. Uh, Even Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is convinced that Michael is after her. It's almost, and you know, the writers, I think, took it a little bit too far with Laurie Strode Because it's like somebody who has this ego. Oh, Michael's after me. He's coming to this hospital. No, Laurie, he's not after you. You know, he just latched on to you in the 1978 version because he saw you come up and drop off the keys to that house because your dad was a realtor. And your dad asked you to drop the keys off because he was showing the Myers house. Michael saw her through the window. We know that from the 1978 original. Uh, But Laurie and she's convinced herself and the people around her that Michael is after her. And for the last 40 years, she has lived her life thinking that Michael is obsessed with her. But from what we learned from Halloween 2018, Michael never even gave her a second thought. After he mm-hmm. got institutionalized, let's go back to the Halloween 2018 version, when his doctor, who was a nutbag himself, brought That's Laurie true. to the house, and he hears Laurie's voice. That's when Michael's like, "Whoa, I remember that voice." He wasn't gonna go looking for her. He didn't care about her. Uh, and in this movie, it was Lori Strode's granddaughter. And I got to say before we go any further the performances by the entire cast were amazing. Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy Matichak, Judy Greer and they were all phenomenal.
2: One thing after the other they they swapped this is it's almost like a, a retelling it's a different retelling of it but it's a retelling of Halloween 6 when you think about it. They swapped they swapped Thorn for the house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they swapped the whole thing they build up in halloween six about michael becoming this being while institutionalized and the whole tattoo on his wrist they swapped that in this version with the root of what makes michael tick lies in the house but you would think having this movie be the lead up to the finale that's coming out next year We would have gotten a little bit more information, but the only information that we got was that Michael, before the night he killed his older sister, when he was six years old, just looked out that window, her window. That's it. That's it. No other information is given to us. Just that Michael, we even meet, uh, who was it, Lonnie? Lonnie Lamb, yeah. Lonnie Lamb, we find out. Lonnie Lamb was, the character was in the original 78. Uh, His mom would make him go over to play with Michael.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? And all Lonnie said is he was weird, and he would just spend most of the time in his sister's room, the sister that he killed, just looking out the window. Mm -hmm. But that's it. That's all the information we got.
1: I think we're gonna get. I think we will get information. I think we're gonna. I think the third movie is going to, hopefully,
2: it's also exp- that part of the screen.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna eventually explain all that because they, the filmmakers, led us to a lot of great points and a lot of anticipation, a lot of buildup. So I hope that they do deliver that because I'm very curious to find out why he is the way he is.
0: Me too. I hope so because yeah. that's where they're taking this brand. Now remember. Halloween throughout 43 years is a very segmented franchise, okay? I mean, you have Halloween's uh, 1 through like 7, and then you have H2O, which I think is 7, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's somewhere yeah, there. Yeah, it's in yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: it's H2O, yeah. where they bring Jamie back. Then you had H2O. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so up to that, and then H2O takes it a different way. Right. Alright, young Jamie, played by uh, uh, Danielle uh, Harris, is not... Jamie, Laurie Strode never had a child. Well, she did in H2O, but it was a boy. And he's very much alive, and he's with her. And Laurie Strode is living in hiding, uh, being the headmistress of a posh school somewhere in California. And Michael finds her and drives cross-country. So that's H2O. And then it's Fragmented, where when uh, Rob Zombie rebooted Halloween and Halloween 2. And now we have this version here. And these three movies, which started with Halloween 2018, they want us, okay, forget everything after the original, which was 1978. And Halloween 2018 is the sequel. And let's pick it up from there.
2: Yeah. Marco found one error in <laughs> continuity. What was that? And we were talking about
1: breakfast directors today. Shall I explain it or shall you explain it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, I just want to read it what you said. You're right. The film takes three different, it's three different versions of, of Halloween right now. Because remember, it went from 1978 till Halloween 6, and then it went from H2O to Resurrection, and then it went now for the new chapter on. So I'm going to ask a question towards the end of the segment that I want your opinion as well. But let's go back to the. So technically, if Halloween 2, which was came out in 1981, never existed, then they did a mess up when Brackett was telling everybody that Michael killed his daughter 40 years ago. We do see a shot of Nancy Loomis with the white shirt with a very young uh, Lindsay. And then there's another scene of her where she's in the car and she gets murdered, that's fine, because that was from the first film. Yeah. But the last scene was a picture of Nancy Loomis on the gurney with her slow thread. That was a scene from Halloween 2. Ah, that's right. So that's right. where... Yeah. So that should have never yeah. been in this film if Halloween it's 2 never existed.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: they could have totally cgi which we didn't, because it's the original scene, but they could have cgi Nancy Loomis into that scene and make it completely different. But that's a... So if the filmmakers are watching this, then you're kind of, you know,
0: you see, that's one of the biggest problems that I have with Halloween kills. Uh, Like I said, in the beginning, Michael just walking around as if that whole Loomis shooting him never happened. Right. Uh, just saying, ah, oh, screw Laurie. I'm just going to go back to my home. Like, it's getting late. It's getting the late. She's over.
1: Let's go home. She's not dead yet. You know, Halloween's oh, yeah. over. I'll yeah. come back
0: next year. <laughs> I'm going to go take a one year nap, come back. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me. The discontinuity right there, uh, I didn't like that as well. Uh, then building up to this finale that we assume is going to reveal to us the the driving force behind Michael Myers. We got just him looking out a window. Yeah. That's it. Don't expect anything more. You're not going to get it. What
1: did you all think of that great scene when they're in the 78 flashback when they're all surrounding Michael and they the police start hitting him and they knock him out and then there's a shot where the great luminous CGI goes to shoot him and then Hawkins as a young cop pulls the gun I off love his that. head. That was, that was amazing.
0: I love that. And that's,
1: and that's the he, guilt that... I'm sorry, and that's the guilt that he feels towards the end when Hawkins and Laurie are in the same room, and he goes, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Because I, if, I, if he would have let Lubis shoot him, then I don't believe that the entity that he would have been 40 years later would have been as strong. I think he just would have been that we know of. Who knows? But that Hawkins feels that guilt after so many years that it's not Laurie, it's not your fault. And, it's my fault.
0: And we're going to get to Michael's why he can't die in a little bit and later on in the show, but I liked all the flashbacks.
1: I did too, I loved them. The original music, I could have watched a whole movie like that again, it was amazing. It uh, brought me back, you know. I, I uh,
0: I remember seeing Halloween 2018, three years ago when it yeah. came out, and you know, the opening scene where the reporters go into uh, Smith's Grove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, it's coming, it's coming. And what I was referring to is the opening music, right? Okay. And I was sitting next to Ephraim last night in the movie theater, and I, I whispered, "Okay, it's coming, it's coming." And I gotta tell you guys, it's just the opening credits, but they let me down. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. The Halloween Kills opening credits, which for me, it's what get my it's what gets yeah. my blood that flowing. That iconic. The Halloween 2018 with a deflated yeah. pumpkin and that really the theme with sort of like the rock core and the pumpkin inflating, that was awesome. Here in this one, you see sort of a carousel of pumpkins with a candle in them, and the music is a the theme music is a lot more subdued. What'd you think yeah. of this opener,
2: Alfred? Uh I mean I, I loved it. I actually have a t-shirt like that.
0: <laughs> of this opener of Halloween Kills? You liked I, it?
2: I, oh, wow. Okay. I,
0: that surprises me.
2: I I, was, I, I mean, I, I loved it. I didn't like you know, it. I, I, the music was too I, subdued for me. Just like, you know, your heart's beating faster. And you're like, here it comes, here it comes, you know.
0: So I, it
2: is just the anticipation.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah
2: I'm like, waiting for it.
0: And that's what I was waiting for is when, because the entire, up until that opening theme, is the night, it's 1978. It's an entire flashback. And then they go to the opening theme. I'm like, okay, it's coming, it's coming. And it's just, they took the Halloween theme music, which they alter in every movie. That's fine. It was just very low key. And it was just, you see sort of a carousel of pumpkins with a candle
1: in them. For me, that was like, eh. I didn't have an opinion. I was so mesmerized by the scenes before that that I was just kind of like, I, I I, didn't have an opinion of it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. To be honest with you guys, I didn't even pay attention to that because I was so overwhelmed and amazed by what we saw prior to that. Because we had a good 10 minutes of flashback before okay. that came on the screen. And I was just sitting in the theater. I was like, oh my God, that was, that was so good. It, They could have had Mickey Mouse doing somersaults on screen and I wouldn't have cared because I was so still drawn back to that. So I do actually want to applaud the filmmakers for opening that way because whether you're not a fan of the 2018 version or this one, watching that again, everyone is a fan of the 78 movie. Oh, yeah. Now, to go back to what I was saying before, because I want your opinion. So now we've seen three different storyline arcs of the Halloween films. We have the original one. That went up to Halloween, H2O, and then we have H2O to Resurrection, and then we have this new trilogy. Which one do you feel is the best arc to end for Michael?
0: From what it's we've the, seen yes, so far, what, and,
1: and 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 let's pretend that we're and that in your mind, you have Halloween ends the way you want it to end, the way you want it to finish it. How would you feel? Like which one do you think is the best one?
0: Well, if it's. Uh... If the third one really shifts course from the second one and they give us uh, a nice, good ending to Michael Myers. And when I say good ending, I will say right now, if they make it completely paranormal as to why Michael is what he is, I will be disappointed.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm a huge paranormal fan. Right, okay, no, that's fine. But uh, for me, it's the original. How
2: about you, F? Yeah. It's The the original, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay
0: you know now let's go say that again like i
2: the thorn the the thorns storyline on myself yeah Yeah. so i'm a big fan of it yeah Yeah, he's got the tattoo
0: he's got the tattoo so let's go to this part now all right let's talk about the characters that they brought back they brought back uh almost everyone from the original bracket the sheriff
1: charles cyphers
0: uh they brought back Lindsay.
1: Kyle Richards,
0: the girl that Annie was babysitting and Tommy Doyle. Yeah. And Tommy Doyle is the one that Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis was babysitting. They brought back nurse Marion, Marion
1: Stevens, who's played Uh, by um, Nancy Stevens plays Marion Chambers
0: chambers. Yeah. They brought back Marion's character. Uh, So before we move any further, uh, not dissecting their characters, but just the fact that they brought those characters back, necessary or not necessary?
1: I think that was just for the fans. I agree. Not necessary.
0: Not necessary. I mean,
1: I, I, first of all, I find it very unrealistic that a character like Lindsay, played by Kyle Richards, who you can tell from the beginning of the movie has a lot of rings, is very—you could tell she's an artistic woman. She wouldn't be living in Haddonfield forty years later. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tommy, maybe because he's. Friends with Lonnie and all that. Oh, we're going to get to Tommy. Yeah, in a bit. but I don't see Lindsay living in Haddonfield after 40 right. years. The nurse, she never even lived in Haddonfield.
2: So, yeah. what do you think? Necessary or? No, I mean, the, the nurse, she never even lived in Haddonfield. No. That's she... true. So, why was she there? Yeah. The only thing I
0: could think of, it was, they are celebrating, well, celebrating is a bad word, 40 years since the Michael Myers incident
2: commemorating
0: that's the only reason i can think of as why she's there yeah
1: but did they celebrate 30 years or 20 years that that we didn't see is it no. something that exactly so i don't know yeah i great for the fans i love to see them but unnecessary it just
0: i mean the actual the fact i i liked that the actual actors yes who were in the 78 got brought back uh bracket. And Nurse Marion, those yeah. are the only yeah, two, yeah, right? no,
1: and Carl Richards.
0: Lindsay, that was the real yeah, Carl Lindsay. Carl Richards,
1: the real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if everyone knows who that she is. Oh, yeah. so
0: that is the real Lindsay yeah, from the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So I like the that. Yeah, I like the fact that they brought back the actors. Now, with that said, let's talk about Tommy Doyle in this <laughs> one, uh, played by Anthony Michael Hall, who's a great actor.
1: To reiterate that just before that you know they originally asked paul rudd to come back
0: now explain who paul rudd is in the franchise yeah, so
1: for so paul rudd was actually tommy doyle in halloween six the curse of michael myers which actually explained his origin and that was one of paul rudd's first films and when uh, david gordon green approached him for the role he really was interested but they just could not come up with an agreement because he was too busy filming uh, the Marvel Universe films and so forth. But I think that would have been a great role for him to come back to. And for
0: those guys who don't know who Paul Rudd is, he plays Ant-Man in the Marvel, Marvel Cinema Universe. Uh, the Avengers, Ant-Man. Yeah. That's, uh, he played Tommy Doyle in Halloween 6. So that's mm-hmm. who they wanted, but ultimately didn't work out. And they brought in Anthony Michael Hall, who's a brilliant actor. It's just that now we're going to get into the writing for the character of Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle's uh, character was completely botched in this movie. Completely botched. Tommy Doyle rallied a mob, got an innocent man killed in the movie, and was nothing but a hothead. And he was full of of corny one-liners in the movie. He goes up to Laurie while she's laying in a hospital bed, and he tells her, Laurie, you protected me 40 years ago. Tonight, I'm going to protect you. Very corny. Very cheesy. Just the character of Tommy yeah, Doyle. What did uh, you think? Uh,
1: again, not necess- I wouldn't mind him if he just kind of stepped back as... I don't understand why they were trying to make him the, the star and the, the protagonist. It just made the police inadequate in their job. And it goes back to the, the social commentary that's going on in the world right now again about mobs and so forth. Let the police do what they're supposed to do. He was under the impression that they were never going to do the job right and they failed and so forth. And it just kind of made it uh, It just... What do you think, Yeah.
2: Uh, so one is... His character was written in such an annoying way. He was like that. Like that I don't remember that one character in Star Wars Episode One, Jar Jar? Jar
1: Jar uh, Binks? Sorry, was... Jar Jar Binks?
2: Yeah. yeah. Who was, was Jar Jar Binks of Halloween Kills. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> okay. So, you, you just you wanted him to die. <laughs> he had to die. I was actually, you know that scene where they come out
0: of the bar? I was hoping he would die.
2: When they call him the heart of the movie, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> it's no, impossible. No. Michael's but the heart of the movie. My, That's the first bad. thing. Yeah. And then there's the social commentary part of it, which you know
0: doesn't belong all in the Halloween franchise.
2: As all the fans we all know, George Romero perfected that. Yeah, since the '60s. And and even when you think of recent movies that have pulled off a social commentary, like No One Gets Out Alive, they did it really well. Yeah. The way to go about a social commentary in a horror movie is if it's in the background, and it's kind of unnoticeable
0: yeah. to a so, lot of people. So let me explain how they did it in Halloween Kills, the social commentary that Efren is talking about. We are living in a divided country. That's no secret, okay? Uh, The the country is divided, and they put that into this movie. And it played out when Tommy Doyle got pretty much the whole town riled up uh, with this very stupid, cheesy line, evil dies tonight. And everybody was chanting, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. It became annoying. And if you guys remember from Halloween 2018, uh, a lot of the inmates uh, escaped from that bus. But there was one inmate that had not been caught yet and was still on the loose. It was the guy in 2018. The one
1: with the umbrella. With the
0: umbrella in the beginning when the journalist in 2018 tried to approach Michael. He's still alive and they bring him back. For this one, uh, this is a man who needs to be in a mental hospital. He's sort of like a gentle giant. He's not dangerous to anybody, and he's scared. Uh, He doesn't know where to go to find safety. He was being transported from one hospital to another. The next thing you know, his bus, now we know, was rigged and got into the accident so Michael can escape. He finds him. His fight He finds himself in the hospital looking for help, and uh, everyone, because of Tommy Doyle's character, thinks that's Michael Myers. So he gets Tommy Doyle's character, played by Anthony Michael Hall, gets everybody riled up, and the whole mob goes after this poor uh, patient, and. Uh, Lori's daughter, played by Judy Greer, what's her character's name? Karen. Karen Uh, Karen realizes that that's not Michael Myers. So what she does is she locks him in a corridor, uh, a hallway, with doors on either end of the hallway. Now, this is where the social commentary, like Efren just said, becomes blatantly obvious. Both sides... Uh, each door in the hallway is surrounded by a mob of people that think that's Michael Myers and they want to kill him. And in the middle, you have this patient who is scared for his life. So what does he do? He breaks the window. He jumps on, he gets onto the ledge and jumps to his death. Sort of like uh, metaphorically speaking, he is America. America is divided, and he's gone off the cliff. It was just so... You know, I have no problem with social commentary. Horror is a great place, is a great genre for social commentary, but it was just like Efren said, if it's done nicely, subtly, and it blends into the storyline, it's great. But the writers and the director went out of their way again david gordon green is a great director anthony michael hall is a great actor but something got missed along the line here because they made it way too obvious that they were trying to send a message and use halloween kills to make Mm -hmm. their statement on the state of america today Well, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
1: I agree. It's sort of like uh, the 1930s version of Frankenstein's Monster, if you think of it that way. And this poor man was looked at the monster and the townspeople with the fires and the pitchforks were out to kill the monster. But unfortunately, we know in both movies, direct frantically because like the monster that we know as Dr Frankenstein's invention he's a gentle giant he doesn't know he's scared he doesn't mm. know what he is and who is and that's what Mr Tavoli his character was as well he just got lost and there was, I love that scene of compassion between Karen and him. Yeah. When you see the hand from the hallway and he reaches over. So you can tell that there was a warmth of trust right there. Yeah. I would have loved for that scene to have gone completely 180 and have him not jump out the window and have him caught and have him saved and so forth. I think it would have brought a little bit of more, it would have humanized the mob a little bit. It would have made us feel sympathy for them. So what, when we go to the end, which I'm not going to spoil, we'll talk about later on. When we go to the end, and whatever happens to the townspeople, I was rooting for them to die. There were, I really yeah, was. yeah they... I was like, there was. I'm sorry, <laughs> there was not one person in that scene that I wanted to live. I'm like, you know what? You're all a bunch of scumbags. Exactly. That, right? Yeah, yeah. You're all a bunch of scumbags. Barclays and of Tommy
0: day. Doyle is the one that got it yeah. all started. Yeah. What do you, What do you think of your thoughts on that hallway scene?
2: Yeah, I mean, that—that's that was my whole problem with that hallway scene, is that it—it it almost made that particular part uh, part of the movie about the social commentary, and, and that's what I—I I, I kind of lost interest in that part of the movie. Did they? It, it, it's just,
0: it was very graphic. They actually showed the body after it landed. That yeah, was a very yeah, graphic and, scene.
2: And that that. It was unnecessary. I agree. It's, it's it's violence for the sakes of violence and gore for the sake of gore, and that's a cheap thrill. Yeah,
1: especially yeah. when suicide apparently is so apparent these days that people jumping off their buildings and so forth. I
0: mean, it's a serious topic, and I think it got a little bit exploited uh, because mm-hmm. they showed the body, and yeah, this is a horror movie. This is Michael Myers, and yeah, he's smashing heads stabbing people breaking necks in the most horrific ways but that's what halloween is we go in and expecting that
2: it is but i've I've never looked at any halloween movie as torture porn and part of it felt like torture porn at that point
0: yeah but when he jumped off he wasn't killed by michael he took his own life because he was scared and to Mm -hmm. show it what he looked like afterwards was unnecessary it was unnecessary it wasn't uh didn't there there was already that.
1: a lot of gore in the film. They could yeah. have done they could have tamed that scene a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah. Now let's move on uh to act three of the movie. Okay, the final act of the movie. They finally figure out I think it's Lonnie, they start tracking Michael's movements, and they realize he's making a straight he's going back home. Uh just well, the like, obvious yeah. <laughs> Like he did in the beginning of the film when they flash back to 1978. He just wanted to go back home. Uh, So he does go back home. Now, the home is not unoccupied anymore. People are living there. It's uh, occupied by an LGBT couple. And here's where I have another part. I I like the characters, the couple. The two men who, who played the couple. They were great. It's just this you know real fun couple yeah they bought the Myers house because it was the Myers house but you know what I mean they were just a nice normal couple of of course Michael kills him and then Michael from the beginning has a way of displaying his bodies okay we know that yeah. why he does that I don't know especially with the rage that we have seen from 2018 movie and this one, why he takes the time to model the bodies. But what he does is when he kills this LGBT couple, he sits one up on the floor and the other one is laying in his lap. Now. And then he plays music for them. And he plays music for them. How did you take that?
1: I, I th- well in that particular scene or in the that setting scene, up
0: the modeling.
1: I think that Michael has a a sense of humor where he likes to display his work. He has an ego; he likes to display his work for people, like the way he did with Vicky from the eighteen twenty eighteen version when he put her in the sheet. He's got this. Uh, he he. I think he he's telling the towns to go. Colette after-
0: says it's his calling card.
1: It could be. It could be the difference why he might be considered a serial killer and not a mass murderer because he has a pattern. But I think that, it's... A, just,
2: just said it right there. He's a mass murderer. He's right. not a serial or a signature yeah. killer.
1: I think it's his <laughs> way of saying F you to the people of Haddonfield that i won. And going back to the LGBT couple, thank you for bringing that up. What I loved about that about Big John and Little John, and that's their names. So I didn't make that That is up,
0: their names, yeah. It's the
1: fact that they... <laughs> What I like about Jason Blum, and I think that that he had to do with it because I think Jason Blum is out himself, is that he took them out of the cliche gay couple and made them fearless. I loved the fact
2: that they that were ready.
1: They were ready I to take I him on, it,
2: and so forth. I didn't like the fact that two comedians were used. <laughs>
1: Again, <laughs> they're just not. Yeah. But I I like the fact that But
2: they were fearless.
1: They were. They were very fearless. They, they were, were very fearless. like, you know, you're in my house and so forth. And that I me being a member of the LGBT community, I appreciate that because, again, thank you for the the producers for kind of breaking barriers again and not making them because I would have called the cops and I would have the house. Yeah, that's that's just it. It's. But you know, they stood up. They, they stood up to him. And that, I think up. that's that's amazing. And they they were ready. And I love the fact that they had their little maiden calls. Big John, Little John, they knew that where they were in the house. I thought that was very well done to kind of know that you're around. And then that moment when you don't hear Little John, you're like, okay, we know that something's wrong. But there was a really cool scene because I think that couple knew of who Michael was. Because oh, yeah. when, there's, when he's in the bedroom and he they turns did. around, but I thought for a minute that that Big John knew Michael because no, the way he spoke his name, it's like me saying, that, Hey, Airford, that, how that are wasn't you? John.
2: That, was, that was Little, little John. John. I'm
1: sorry, yeah. Like, they, I kind of felt like they knew each other. So I'm like, okay, does this person know each well, other?
0: Well, you know what it is? It's just that they, first of all, they bought the Myers.
1: Yeah, house. they know exactly who they were getting. They the know house.
0: exactly yeah. who. You, I mean, yeah. they, they're like, uh, if you guys saw the finale of American Horror Stories with the whole uh, murder house and the couple yeah. in the beginning that, oh, my God, we're in the murder house, yeah. until it becomes real. Really? yeah. <laughs> when it becomes yeah, exactly. real, <laughs> stuff changes. It's not so fun Only anymore. At
2: that point, they were already dead.
0: <laughs> so, let's moving along, uh, Michael Myers kills them. Uh, Andy Matichak characters, he pretty much has her uh, on her knees, ready to kill her. And Andy, Mat- Andy Matichak, who plays uh, Lori Strode's granddaughter, Allison, Allison was phenomenal. So, but she's a brilliant actor. If you guys have seen her uh, in other stuff like Sun, she, she is a lead actress. She can carry a movie without any question. Anyway, she's on her knees. Michael pretty much is about getting ready to stab her. And she's like, do it. Do it. Like, egging him on. Because she knows he's got the upper hand. She's about to die. And she's not going to give him the satisfaction ...of begging and pleading for her life. So she's begging him to do it. But just before he has a chance to kill her... ...she's not dead. She doesn't die in this movie. Her mother, Laurie Strode's daughter... ...comes in with a pitchfork... ...and stabs Michael square in the back. Okay, so that makes Michael... ...turn his attention from Allison... ...to Laurie Strode's daughter, Karen. And what she does is... ...she leads him out of the house... Onto the street. And then she looks at him and says, gotcha. They had a trap. The whole town comes in. Surround Michael Myers. Okay? And uh, what I forgot to mention, and it's huge, is uh, Michael gets unmasked. Yes. Was it Allison or Karen? Karen
1: pulls his mask. and She has it. She goes, you want this? She goes, come and get it. That's
0: what she used to lure him out. She got his mask off. Now, what I found funny being a bald man myself is you see the back of Michael Myers' head, uh, (laughs) who we know is bald, but without the mask, he's just a 60-something-year-old bald man wearing a mechanic's uh, overalls. Not intimidating at all. He looked like the earth science teacher from high school. (laughs) (laughs) So by them unmasking him... We never got a clear shot of his face, okay? But we got a clear view of the back of his head, the side, his profile. And, you know, Karen lures him out into the street, drops the mask on the floor. He gets surrounded by the townsfolk. And he reaches down, picks up the mask, and puts it back on. And is just still. He doesn't move. And, of course, the townspeople come in. Baseball bats, crowbars, start taking swings at him. Swing, swing, swing. Then the the fatal shots. Okay, did he get actually shot by a gun?
1: Yeah, three times. Yeah. Three, or four, yeah.
0: What, what kill? What death blows do you remember? The, it was
1: the knife at the end that Karen. Well, we're the, gonna
0: the, get to that because uh, oh, yeah. there were a bunch of blows. Yeah, there was. Uh, what yeah. what blows do you remember from that were be considered fatal?
2: Well, just the the bullet shots, obviously, the but bu- but this was Michael Myers. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, right.
0: what they this thought was a movie in their lives. W- <laughs> what what Karen does, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. What we all think is well, we're you know, as the audience is supposed to think, is the death uh, blow that kills him. Is she puts a knife right through my, picture? Michael Myers laying on the cement on the street face down what she does is take his knife and literally puts it down the base of his skull through his neck essentially if it was a regular person she severed his spine from the neck down Mm -hmm. okay severed it i mean it was just boom right then and there and uh you know they're all shouting i got him he's dead we got him Uh, And that was the second time in the movie we heard that. We heard it in the beginning when Laurie Strode and and daughter and granddaughter went to the hospital. They thought he burned in that fire. We got him. We got him. No, you didn't. Okay, he came back then. And guess what? With the knife in the spine just below his skull, he's not dead. The dude gets up and he starts slaughtering people. I mean, he starts slaughtering the town one, two at a time. Uh, Now, we all know about the suspension of disbelief in movies. That's what makes movies so fun. But for me, there is a limit on the suspension of disbelief. Now, for Efren, did they surpass your limit when it comes to Michael Myers and the suspension of disbelief that nothing will kill him?
2: They actually did it with the firemen
0: that I mean, he survived that fire?
2: No, uh, that he went through that many firemen.
0: <laughs> yeah, he took out a whole ladder company.
2: I mean, it wasn't just that. If you remember, one of them puts one of those fire hoses right up against him. That thing would have blown him two blocks away.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Uh, like I said, me and Efren were sitting next to each other. And as he was laying supposedly dead on the ground, and she drops the knife, we're like, why the why does she drop the knife? I was telling <laughs> Efren I would cut the head off, send it to Australia. One leg goes to South America, the other one to Europe. <laughs> you, you dismember him. You, you don't stop. I wouldn't even burn him because I would think the dude would somehow pull himself yeah, back from you don't the burn ashes. Him, you dismember him. Maybe you'll burn the pieces. But yeah. You I mean, put, a, put each part in a different continent and seal it up with cement. But he gets I, up. Yeah, I he love that up. scene
1: where ourselves. you see his hand <laughs> kind of moving towards the knife. Yeah. And then it just kind of... And then the next set of scenes are just like a ninja movie. Like, picture Kill Bill when the bride is massacring uh, or Oren's army. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, cuts and knives and saps. And, you know, again, he, they do kill Sheriff Brackett. He does kill Tommy eventually. He does get... A, though we assume he killed him. He gets a knife through his stomach. But that's I where i, oh, said I hope they don't
0: bring back in. I yeah, mean, I no, that, god, that's god. where
1: that's what like i said up, up earlier that those people were part of the mob i was happy that they were gone if i, mean, I they,
0: hear yeah. that tommy doyle is coming back in the third one that's a strike already <laughs> before i even see the I movie
2: i i i really would think twice about even watching it
0: yeah if they if yeah. they bring back the cat if he's not dead, dead i would be like oh my god oh my god so <laughs> uh michael's alive I just take that scene of him butchering the town. I thought that was phenomenal.
1: That was great. That was absolutely, that was David Gordon Green at his at his best at what he does to give you the shock factor, the value. It, again, that particular scene, I was rooting for him but because you know what? I, knew, I knew what the lynch mob did earlier. That's what I'm saying. After
2: that. the unmasking, for me, it was watching Mr. Wise.
1: <laughs> but do you think that that mask looks if you're
2: slaughtering a crowd? Yeah. And I just can't see it anymore. But, Efren,
1: notice something else. When he took the mask off, when Karen took his mask off and he was vulnerable, you could tell that he was vulnerable. That mask gave him, it just provided him, like, the the confidence and the strength that he needs to be who he is.
0: Look so, what Colette just said, just what, what you think as well. He has to die in the house. Yeah, see? That's what Marco said, Colette. Yeah. The only way to kill Michael, because uh, we're running out of options here, is he has to die in that house. right? And I have no other better yeah. explanation. And
1: that, uh, we'll talk about that if we have time. We'll, We're almost we'll, out of yeah, time. We'll, yeah, well, so going back to finishing after that, we do see him, the scene, and then there's kind of like a quiet scene where where Karen and the police are outside. I think it's the the Myers house. Yeah, it is. And they're talking and they think it's over. And then there's, I, I forgot already, but there's a shot where... He's looking inside his bedroom, and and or oh, Karen's in the house. Yeah. And Michael comes behind him, and again a spoiler, he does end up butchering Karen to death. Yeah. So she yeah. does die in this movie that we know of. Supposedly. Supposedly. Because and now then,
2: he's, he's now he really is the boogeyman. He yeah. Just
1: and now he's and yeah. And the movie ends with the uh, the theme song and him looking out the window like the way he did as a child. Years ago, so obviously we're going to see the conclusion of that in the next chapter. And I want to
0: do mention, okay, Halloween Kills pays tribute to the original Halloween, obviously. Halloween Two, and a lot of people are going to miss the tribute to Halloween Two. I'm going to tell it to you. I think Efron might have missed it too. And Halloween Three, uh, which is not a Michael Myers movie. Halloween Three. That's actually
2: my favorite scene is when they pay tribute to Season of the Witch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. They use the three masks. Used in Season of the Witch. For anybody that's seen Halloween 3, they use them in, in Halloween too, Also in, in, in the
1: first one, too, in yeah. 2018.
0: Yeah, the witch, the pumpkin head. And the skeleton. And the skeleton. They use those three masks uh, in this movie. Uh, very obviously it's prominent. It's cool. Yeah. Now, the Halloween 2 reference, that's literally a split second on the screen that I caught. I don't know if you guys yeah. caught it. When they're outside of Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, uh, the paramedic, they show his back, his uniform. It's the same logo, Efren, from the original Halloween 2 logo of the hospital. Okay. Yeah, it's a split second. It's
1: HMH. Yeah, it was
0: the same logo, everything. And it's a split second. So that was (laughs) a tribute to Halloween 2. Halloween 1, that's obvious. And Halloween 3, the masks. Uh, you know, it's cool to pay tribute to the first three movies. I think it's cool that they acknowledge yeah, She's yeah, of the Witch. Tr- yeah, to Halloween yeah. 4, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. What do you, I mean, we've all said Halloween 3 on its own, not with the Halloween name, is a good movie. It is. Yeah, it's just that they attached the Halloween name to it, and that's why it went down the wrong path. We're pretty much out of time, but before we go... I want to go around the three of us here, and on a scale of one to ten, obviously one worse, ten to bad. Efren, what do you
2: rate this movie? Uh, for me, it's going to be a four. Marco? I really was unhappy.
1: Uh, if we take out the hospital scene. No, like no, you take out the, take out is, the movie. Uh, uh, I would say, I'm going to give it a seven, because I really enjoyed the kills, and I really, really love the flashbacks.
0: I'm gonna I've been thinking about this all day as well and I'm gonna go with a four Wow as well killed it yeah 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 it was uh, the story was very the just within this movie it was very fragmented. there's a bar scene then there's the hospital and then there's Michael and that's perfectly fine in film but I it didn't know it, what it wanted to be but uh, in a good film it all gets tied together and the perfect example I have, on how that was done brilliantly, is Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep starts off with three... Uh, you think you're watching an anthology mm-hmm. until it's beautifully tied together in the last act.
2: Mm-hmm. In
0: this movie, they never tied all the different segments together. It just simply...
2: just done sloppily.
0: Yeah, it was, sloppily. I wish there was a better word, but it was just three... not three, there were several disorganized fragments and it puts together this 100 minute movie. You know, so overall Halloween 2018 got me so juiced up. It was such an amazing film to reboot this franchise and I don't know where they went wrong with Halloween Kills. Now, we still have one more to go that's coming out next Halloween. Let's hope they really give us you know, maybe finally an explanation as to why Michael is yeah. why he is and why he does what he does. Last time, thing before we go, what are your expectations for Halloween ends?
1: Well, it, it, a spoiler says that it's it time jumps the next film. So I have a feeling it's going to be a year later. And uh, according to the scene at the end between Hawkins and Laurie where they talk about evil dying and evil being back to the house and so forth i would love i want this chapter to end well and i really want they to put michael to bed but i want him to put to bed in a way where it explained to us why who he was because if obviously we know that he is the boogeyman you can't kill him that easily but there's got to be a way that they have to figure out that that ties them so i'm really looking forward to it i am really looking forward and see and so forth
0: so what are you looking forward to for the last
2: one well what do you well, hope I'd to like, see? I'd like them to see them make Laurie even remotely relevant to the story anymore. Right. She wasn't relevant in right. this one.
1: I think Allison is gonna take on the helms in the third movie. Especially now that she finds out that her that her mother's dead.
0: Beyond that, what I mean, is that all you what you're looking for for the end? For the last movie, Efren? I mean what do uh, you not,
2: what, what do you want I, I do want to I, I want them to make first of all I want them to kind of explain Michael Myers' rage. Yeah. in every other Halloween, yeah, the kills were always some were creative, you know, some were like any other slasher movie. And and yeah, as a fan I kind of watched them for that too. But the brutality went over the top in this one. Mm-hmm. To the point where after a while I was like, Okay, enough already. Come on. For me <laughs> it's, it's
0: Yeah, for me it's very simple. Let's finally because they brought it up. That we're, you know, we started getting this Michael Myers backstory before the age of six. No other movie in the Halloween franchise is there a mention of anything, Michael, before the age of six. In Halloween Kills, we get that. So now they started it. They have to close it out properly.
2: They better close it.
0: They have to close it out because they opened Pandora's box. That no other film dared go down in the Halloween franchise. They did it. Now, let's uh, hope they close it out well. Uh, the only thing I would be disappointed in, well, that I have thought of, if they make it a completely supernatural, paranormal thing, the paranormal does not belong in the Halloween franchise. This is not a demon. This yeah. is not a demon yeah. possessing. I Michael mean, it Myers. was
2: like Friday the Thirteenth when they, you know, uh, Jason, when Jason goes to hell.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was going too far sometimes, yeah. you
0: know? So that's all I want. They open the box. You close it out properly. Yeah.
1: I do agree with you with the the story prior to him being six years old. That's what the sci-fi is doing now with the Chucky series. Yeah. Is that we're going to see William Lee as a child, which is great because we want to know how he became who and why. Yeah. So that is great that you mentioned that because I would love to see Michael from the time he's born and why and so forth. So Beyond
0: let's... just what they gave us in this right, movie, right. which is him just looking out right. a window. Anyway, guys, we are out of time. Actually, we're past the one hour mark. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for those who didn't watch, who are planning on watching. As we said in the beginning, come back after you watch the movie. Let us know if you agree, disagree with us. Our you know, ratings range from a seven to a four. So there's varying opinions here and we'd love to hear, you know, your guys' opinion as well. Please comment on our video because we're trying to gauge what everyone else is thinking as well. So please share, you know, every opinion is welcome. I want to thank Efren and Marco, (laughs) our executive producers for coming into town uh, with me so we can all watch it together. It's been decades since all three of us have been to the movies together, and that alone (laughs) was worth it. So thank you guys for coming down, and until next time, guys, on behalf of Efren, Marco, and myself, stay safe and always stay walking. Good Good night. night,
1: everyone.